What hand can we hold on to but the hand of Jesus, whose promises of love and protection can we trust but that of Jesus? Which sweetest message can we draw life and hope from but the message of salvation Jesus offers? Join us fellowship at the PIWC Dome, Accra Technical Training Center, ATTC Kukumlimle. Sunday celebration service is from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. The fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Join us every Friday for a power prayer meeting at 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. For more information, contact our resident minister, Apostle Emmanuel Kwesi Aqua, on 054-700-1516 and presiding elder, Joseph Mbrokwa on 0277 it should not happen that we will come before God and go back the same. There has to be a covenant agreement between us and the Spirit of the Lord that, oh God, anytime we come here, let us have an experience. Let your presence, let your aura fill this temple. May I request of your heart and your spirit to open up for that expectation. Can you change your mindset, change your atmosphere, change your spirit realm from home, from work, from every place and come to that point where that we will leave this dome reflecting the beauty and the aura, the glory of the Almighty. Can you change your atmosphere? Can you change your expectation and open up to a service full of glory? Not a normal, routine, religious service. May I request of you to bow down your head for a moment and change your atmosphere. Behold the king before whom you are today. The one who lives in the brilliance of a light that we cannot even behold with our naked eyes. The one enthroned in glory. Bible says that the foundation of his throne is righteousness. And around him is a sea of glass whose eyes like, are like flaming fire. I'm talking about God who is enthroned in the Shekinah glory. We are before this God and we must go out of this meeting reflecting that beauty. Reflecting that glory. Somebody should meet us when we go out of this dome and wonder where did you go? There should be something around us. It should not be just an ordinary service. Oh God, open the heavens. Bring us into that glory. Bring us into that presence.
Shine on me. Jesus. 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 Shine on me. Shine on me. Let the glory of the Lord fill this tabernacle. Open us up to your presence and to your power and to your spirit. Oh God. Jesus, 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 shine on me, shine on me. May you abide under the glory of the King. May you walk in the glory and the beauty of the Almighty. In Jesus' name, Amen. At this time, I want to hand over to our dear rector to share the heart of God with us. Praise the Lord. Who is Jesus to you? And I'm taking it from our theme text. Matthew chapter 16, from verse 13 through to 20. The gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 16 from verse 13 to 20. And I'm reading from the New International Version. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. The gates of Hades will not overcome it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Amen. God has been so good to us as a church. Our vision 2023 is possessing the nations, equipping the church to transform every sphere of society with values and principles of the kingdom of God. Our slogan has been possessing the nations. Possessing the nations. I'm an agent of transformation. Please don't forget this. We are saying this for the next five years. Possessing the nations. I'm an agent of transformation. In Matthew chapter 16. So it was time for them to learn that he was building a church. An assembly of people who would be confessing him to be the Messiah. And the present passage is one of the most dramatic revelations ever made. And know this, that there is only one answer to this question that can qualify a person to heaven. And that is, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And that is why when Peter said this, Jesus actually commended him. But before this, he had asked them, what others thought about him, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And I want us to examine people's opinion about the Lord Jesus Christ and find out where we find ourselves, whether we are with the Peters or we are with the others, what others thought about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when he asked them, what do people say that the Son of Man is? Then they said, some say, you are John the Baptist. You are John the Baptist. And so I call this group the religious seekers, the church goers, the religious seekers, the John the Baptist group. Why did they say that Jesus was John the Baptist? And I believe that they were professing Jesus to be a great spirit of righteousness. All the people at that time, the Jews held John the Baptist in very high esteem. They knew him as a righteous person. They knew him as a person who had been sent by the almighty God. And they knew that he was martyred for his faith. And so when they looked at Jesus Christ and they saw the things that Jesus Christ was doing, they were not very far from right by saying that you are John the Baptist. Why? When you look at John the Baptist, his birth was foretold. And it was foretold when an angel visited his parents. Jesus Christ's birth was also foretold. And incidentally, it was the same angel that went to John the Baptist's parents. That same angel also went to Jesus Christ's earthly parents. Luke chapter 1, 26 to 38. We also realize that when John the Baptist came, he started preaching about the kingdom of heaven, about the kingdom of God. When Jesus started his earthly mission, he also started preaching about the kingdom of God. We know about John the Baptist, that he didn't have a home. Bible said that he was by the Jordan, and his food was even locust and wild onion. If you look at Jesus, he also didn't have a home. When he was traveling and he was tired, he found his home in people's home. One time, a teacher of the law went to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. What was Jesus' response? His reply was that, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. So he was a wanderer on earth. John the Baptist spoke harshly against the Pharisees to repent. The same way Jesus Christ, when he met with the Jews, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he spoke very harshly to them. And he told them that they were like whitewashed tombs. And so, a lot of similarities between John the Baptist and the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was the more reason that even Herod thought that Jesus Christ was John the Baptist who had come back. Why? Because he heard that that Jesus Christ was doing a lot of miracles and doing a lot of things. So you realize that Jesus actually looked like John the Baptist, but he wasn't John the Baptist. He wasn't John the Baptist. And so they were not very correct. Jesus resembled, but he wasn't. And unfortunately, in the church today, I find a lot of people who have defined Jesus Christ 
as a good man, as a religious man, as somebody that when you come to him, oh, it is good to be in church. It is good to come together and then find people with similar ideas, similar beliefs that, you know, we have to be good. We have to be nice. We have to come together. We need to associate ourselves with a church, a church like PIWC, so that when people see and hear us, they will know that at least we are good people. We are kind people. We are righteous people. We are church people. But is that all about knowing the Lord Jesus Christ? It is good to be righteous. It is good to come to church. But who is Jesus Christ to you? Unfortunately, in our country today, we have a lot of worshipers, a lot of people who call themselves Christians. Our population statistics indicate that we have close to 72% of people who profess to be Christians, and yet corruption still thrives in our country. Lies and sexual immorality and all kinds of evil still continue to reign in our country. Missiologists have said that Christianity is miles wide in Africa, but inch deep. You move every step. If you're right here on this compound, you hear other people singing and doing church. Has that church been able to transform our nation? What is Christianity like in our part of the world? And brothers and sisters, if we are to transform our nation, we should know who the one we have come to worship is, and not just by a name. I went to a bookshop, my wife and myself, in the UK. When we got there, there was an instruction in there. There was no bookshop keeper, and they've given specific instructions. If you want to buy, you find where the prices are, and then they have also directed where the money box was. So you get inside, and you pick your change and go. Nobody is there, and this is in the United Kingdom. That actually was a Bible college, so I wouldn't be surprised. But my surprise came when earlier this year, I visited my daughter a room while she joined her friends. The next day, we were going out. She just banged the door and said, Daddy, let's go. Then I asked her, why didn't you lock your door? Please go back and lock your door. And then she said, Daddy, nobody will go there. Then I said, go and lock it. She went and locked it. The next day, I spent about two, three days with her. I was leaving. I've given her some, some money. My hard currency pounds that was left on me, I've given to her. And she placed the money on her table openly. And then we were going out again. And then she just banged the door and said, Daddy, I'm ready. Let's go. But my mind was on the money. And I said, Eunice, go back and lock the door. Then he said, oh, daddy, I told you nobody will go. Even they go into my room, they won't take anything. And this is a secular university. And she lived there for three years and nobody had taken any other. And they are mostly not Christians. They are mostly not Christians. And yet, their fathers have trained them with values. Their forefathers have trained them with the Bible. If you know now, they are shipwrecked their faith. That foundation is still there. And they always want to be truthful and honest to a large extent. When I was at the University of Birmingham, that too, a secular university, we had a coffee shop. And again, that coffee shop, there was nobody there. When as a student, you are ready to go in there, you go there, prepare your coffee, and then you look at the price, you take the biscuits that you want, and then there is a money on a plate openly. You put your money on the plate, you take your change, and you go. Unfortunately, come to my own university, Pentecost University. Even in the hostels, 
Where doors are locked, people's items like purse and computers all get missing. And yet every week we have church service with them. And I'm afraid that even as we have come here as a church, if you leave your hand back on your chair or your iPhone where you are sitting and you go out and come back, if you are not careful, you may not come back to meet and yet we are in church. What kind of Jesus are we serving in Africa? And this has been a burden on my heart that all the people who call themselves by the name of Christ will know the kind of Jesus that they are serving. But unfortunately, the African Jesus seems to be a different one. I've gone to Israel a couple of years ago and I was in the company of professors who have come from Africa and we have gone for a seminar, a workshop. On one of the days, we were going um, out on an excursion. And we went to a place and we wanted to use the washroom. And there were clear instructions that after using, please pay 10 shekels for the cleanup of the place. And then, but nobody was there. I observed something. That the white people amongst us. As soon as they use the place, they place monies in there. Some even place more than the money. And I was in the company of some African professors, Ghanaians and others, well respected when they are in our country here. And after using it, all of them were going, oh, let's go. Uh, okay, let's go. We, we, you know, we need some money to go and shop. And nobody, and I was following them. Then something told me that, Dan, you are different. Don't do that. And I have to turn around, find some money, and leave it on a plate. But to the rest of the African people, very, very normal. What kind of Bible do we read in Africa? And what kind of Jesus do we serve here? Brother, sister, I have come to challenge you today that as the world is going to an end, I want us to resolve that the Jesus we are serving is just not just John the Baptist, but he is the Messiah, the son of the living God, the son of the most high God, the son of God who had come to deliver us from our sins and to make us a transformed people. Oh, we pray that God will give us a revelation, that revelation that he gave to Peter and said, when Jesus asked, what about you? And Peter said, you are the Christ. May we receive this revelation. The second group of Christians that I find is the Elijah group. The Elijah group. Then they told Jesus, others also say that you are Elijah. And I call those people the miracle seekers. Those who come to church. And all what they are looking for is not righteous living, but to get an answer to their prayer. The miracle seekers. Come to seek for a sign, then you have missed it. Why did they say that Jesus was Elijah? Elijah actually was considered to be the greatest prophet and teacher of all time. In the church today, those who come to church because they need a husband or a wife. Those who come to church because they need a child. Or they need some healing. Or some money. Or an opening to travel. All these are good. And our Jesus gives all these to us. But he has also said that seek ye first. His kingdom and his righteousness. And all the righteousness of God first. All these things are bonuses. And so as believers and as children of God. Saints rather follow us. We do not follow the signs. And so today, if you will live and know your Christ, these signs will follow you. This is my desire to honor you. To honor you. 
I believe that we have great potential in the PIWCs, particularly in our PIWC here. We have people in all walks of fields occupying good and great positions. If we would know the Jesus Christ that we are serving and taking the Jesus into our offices, into our schools, into the marketplaces, knowing the Jesus that we are serving and proclaiming him, if we can step out our spirituality a little bit more, we will take our nation for Jesus. We will take our nation for Jesus. I'm praying that we will have that revelation of Peter, that we will know that Jesus that we have come to serve and to worship. This morning, I want to challenge you. Jesus is depending on you. He's depending on me. Jesus is looking at us, B-I-W-C. And I want to challenge you. That wherever you are, let us be different. And let us be people who know and profess that indeed we know that Jesus, who is the Messiah. That wasn't the end of it. But they told Jesus Christ, there is still a third group who think that you are Jeremiah. And I call this group the prophecy seekers. The prophecy seekers, the Jeremiah group. They were professing Jesus to be a great prophet who was revealing some very important things and truth about God and religion to men. You know what? It had always been thought that Jeremiah was going to return to earth right before the Messiah and bring with him the tabernacle, the ark, and the altar of incense. They believed that Jeremiah took these things and hid them in Mount Nebo right before he died. And as a great prophet of God, he will come and bring these items and reveal them to the Jews before the Messiah comes. And so when they saw Jesus Christ, also with the ability to reveal secrets and things, they said, ah, that is Jeremiah who had come. And followed the woman to see Jesus. And when they got there, they said, you are right. We have seen that this is the man who can reveal secrets. Remember at one time, Matthew chapter 16, the Pharisees and the Sadducees went to Jesus and said, please, we would want to see a sign. And so we had people, even at that time, who were prophetic seekers and they were seeking a lot of things. The church in Ghana today has also to a large extent become a church that seeks prophetism. I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I believe in prophecy. I believe in that and I encourage it. But if you come to church and all you are waiting for is that somebody will prophesy into your life before your life becomes worthy of living, then you have missed it. Why do you think you have the Bible in your hands? With all the prophetic messages and utterances that God has given us. What else are we seeking? Of course, God through his people and his servants can still reveal his secrets and his mind to us in prophecy. But that shouldn't be our primary focus. We have not been saved for that. If those things come, as I said, they are all bonuses. 
they are bonuses. But we need to know the Christ and have a revelation. Let me move on quickly. The fourth group. This group, unfortunately, could not even identify Jesus with anybody. And said, others also say that you are one of the prophets. So at least those who saw him as John the Baptist, they tried a little bit, isn't it? And those who saw him as Elijah, not too bad. Those who saw him as Jeremiah, well, some similarities. But there was still a fourth group that said that he looked like one of the prophets. They weren't so sure. Now call these people the uncertain members or the followers. They are not even sure why they are in church. On Sunday, people go to church. So I have come. When you were coming, like when our apostle said, people who have come, let us change our mindset. And as we have come, let us expect to see the glory of God. As you were coming in, what mind did you have? What heart were you bringing to church today? Were you coming because when the Bible has told us that we should not stop this fellowship in ourselves, we should always come together. And when we come together, we will see the glory of God. The Bible said that in the body of believing, the gathering of believers, angels visit us. And the spirit of those who are departed, we have come on God's holy mountain for God to reveal himself to us. When we come together as a church, let our focus be one, that we want to see Jesus more and more. More and more. More and more. So by the time I leave here, I am full of Jesus Christ. I come to church because I know that I will take encouragement from my brother. I will take encouragement from my preacher, from my pastor, from my from my, from my deepness. I come to church because we have come to fellowship, to deepen our relationship as a church with the one who had called us. Do we know why we are here? Or you are one of those, the uncertain group. You are one of them, but we are not so sure. And these are the people who can quickly be blown away by any wind of doctrine that, that even somebody uh, tells them that all oh, tithe is old-fashioned. It's in the Old Testament. And so you don't need to do it. I, I, I felt so sorry when a young girl, a little girl, there was a video going around where a little girl took her money box and then she had poured her tempi, you know, on her table and she was happy that, ah, look at me. I've got money. I didn't take this to my Sunday school for the pastor to just go and chop it. And so I'm happy. And I said, oh my goodness, how I pity you. If that little money on your bed can look after you the rest of your life, then praise him. May God really have mercy. If life is in all that little coins, then why are we here on earth? I have tested and I have tested and I have known that the Bible is true and that when I'm paying my tithe. I'm paying it to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he blesses me. And his word is the truth. A man in Nigeria, this was shared a, a, a member of the Church of Pentecost in Nigeria. Apostle Obriabua told me this. Said when they were there, somebody came to church and gave a testimony. He was going to church. And uh, on the way, he was robbed. Armed robbers attacked him. And then they stripped him of everything and his money. His wallet, his phones, and everything. And then when they were collecting the money, there was an envelope. And they asked him, what is this? They realized it was money inside. And then he told them, this is my tithe. And then the armed robbers told him, are you sure it is your tithe? And then he said, yes. And so they gave that money back to him. That if you are tithe, then when you go to church, go and pay. But then they took every other money and everything away from him. And he was left all by himself, stranded 
in the middle of the road. He was scared. No money to go and he can't walk. It was quite a distance. And whilst he was wondering whether he should take part of their tithes to pay his way to church, he wasn't too sure because the armed robbers had told him that don't take one peswa from it. Go and pay your tithe. Can you imagine that? An armed robber rather <laughs> informing or advising him to go and pay. So he also obeyed. He didn't want to take anything to pay for further transport. But while he was there, he said, I'm a this Benz car passed and then stopped. And then he said he was so afraid because he thought the armed robbers were still another group was coming. And then the man asked him, young man, what are you doing all by yourself here? Then he said, I'm going to church. Then he said, okay, come, let me drop you off. Then he said, why are you going? Then he was so afraid. He said, don't worry. Then he explained what had happened to him. This man took him to the premises of the church and gave him extra money. And the money he gave him was more than the money the armed robbers had taken away from him. So who can tell me that tithe is old-fashioned? If it is old-fashioned for you, fine. But I will do it and be blessed. I will do it and God will indeed bless me. So don't be thrown away by any wind of doctrine. Don't be like one of the prophet group who do not know anything. But will also know that the Jesus you have come to serve is the God who answers prayer. May the Lord help us. Those who come and they don't know what to do. Those are the people that want to come to church. Even in the midst of them speaking to God in prayer. Or God speaking to them through the ministration of the word, they can still go out and receive a telephone call from a human being without any due respect to what is happening in church. And they are happy to do that. And come back and sit down and say, God, now you can continue. Something that if you are an employee, a staff, and your managing director had called you, or your CEO had called you, and you are standing before him, and he is discussing some important official matters with you, and your phone bells, and then you take it in front of your MD, and say, MD, just wait. Oh, hello, coffee, you're just saying... Um, okay, when I was so, 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 and so, and then you finish and you go back to your MD. What will happen? But unfortunately, in the church, we respect our MDs more than God. May God indeed have mercy on us. But let me end with what Peter said, the personal opinion. After others have said all this, you are John the Baptist, you are Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And then Jesus turned around to them and asked them, who do you say I am? What's about you? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but my father in heaven. Peter was able to identify the Son of Man as the Christ. The Christ that is the Messiah, the anointed one of God, the anointed one who have come to save the world. Knowing Christ as our Savior, those who have accepted Christ and living for him are those who know him as their Savior. People who share with the Apostle Paul and say that for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. I fellowship with my brother and I'm in church because I come to encourage ourselves. We have come to bless one another. We have come to so that we will make sure we will together send our praise 
and I worship to God. I do all this in church because I know that Jesus I have come to serve. May this be our mindset so that when that is the case, you will not easily be offended in church. When you come looking for other things, those are the people who are easily offended. I remember one time I got seriously offended and the person who offended me was an apostle of our great church. And I wasn't too sure why an apostle should do something that will hurt me like that. I got so a bit angry, frustrated, and then try, try, trying to get somebody to talk to. Then I realized that I would discuss this with my mom because she is an apostle's wife and she had gone through a lot of experience. And then she told me something that really helped me. What she said was that she calls me Kwame. She said, Kwame, that apostle is man and man will forever remain man. But God is God and God will forever remain. Know that it is God you are serving and not man. And that really, really helped me. So brothers in Christ and sisters in Christ, let us know that Christ, the Savior of the world, come next we'll be celebrating Christmas. We will remember Jesus Christ who was born to the world. Joy to the world. Peace on earth. This is the Jesus that we should profess and we should make his name, broadcast his name all over the place. Then he said you are the Christ, the Son of God. God who is Abba, the God who is our daddy, Adonai, the God who is in charge, El Elyon, the most high God, El Olam, the everlasting God, El Roy, the God who sees, El Shaddai, the almighty God, Elohim, the creator God. He is our Yahweh, the God who is always there. You are the Christ the Son of the living God. The Son is our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus who is the Almighty One. The Alpha and the Omega. The first and the last. The beginning and the end. We know that our Jesus, the Jesus who is our advocate, the author and perfecter of our faith, we know Jesus, the one who is called the authority. He is the bread of life who had come so that our soul and our hungry soul can be satisfied. He is the beloved son of God. He is the bridegroom who is preparing the bride as a church and taking us into his home above. He is the chief cornerstone. He is holding us as a solid cornerstone. He will never let us fall. He is the deliverer. He delivers us from all our weaknesses and our sins and from the evil one. He is the faithful one and the true one. He will never disappoint us. Though our prayer requests are stayed for a long time, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. Though it tarries, surely he will come. At the appointed time, our God will come. He is the great high priest. Because he's my priest, he understands me. He knows me. He's the Jesus I am serving. He's the head of the church. And if I'm the body of the church, my head will make sure that I am okay. He's the holy servant. A servant who serves me, I am supposed to serve him. But he turned the tables around and he is serving me. His name is I am. When I'm with him, he is the I am. He is the only one who can say, yes, I am, and nobody else. He is Emmanuel. Scripture says, and the son shall give birth. And you will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. As I stand here, Jesus is with me. He is in my heart. He is with you. He will forever be with you. He will never forsake you. He is the indescribable gift, the gift of Christmas, the gift that has come to us. He is the righteous judge. He will make sure that my case, my case is heard because he is the righteous judge. He is the king of kings, the lamb of God, the light of the world. 
the lion of the tribe of Judah, the Lord of all. He is the mediator. He will mediate and make sure that my legal case is satisfied. He is the Messiah, the mighty one, the one who sets free. My hope, my prophet, my redeemer, my risen Lord, my rock, the sacrifice of our sins. He is the Savior, the Son of Man, the Son of the Most High God, the supreme creator over all, the resurrection and the life. Again, he is the door, the way, the truth, and the life, the word, the true vine, the victorious one. His name is Wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This is the Jesus I serve, the Jesus I worship. What's about you? What kind of Jesus are you serving? May the Lord be with us and help us so that we know the Jesus we have come to serve. Amen. Oh, blessed. I am low, still couldn't find nobody.